Lord, we just say thank you today, O oh God. We glorify you today, O oh God. We thank you that you are in the midst of us, O oh God. We thank you, Father, that you know our name, O oh God, that you are everything that we need, God. We want to say thank you today, Father. Thank you for your love, your outpouring of your presence, oh God. We just want to say thank you, Lord. Lord, we know that there are days, God, minutes, moments, God, that we are so undeserving, God, but you, God, you in your mercy and your grace, God, deemed us worthy. Shed your blood for us, oh God, that we, God, can be called your own. And Lord, we are grateful today. This truly is a Father's Day, God, because you are the ultimate Father, Lord, and we want to say thank you in all things. Hallelujah. I want to talk with everyone today. We had a little talk about this morning on Sunday school about understanding who God really is and trusting him uh, to, you know, when you, when you are able to believe in someone, it's because you trust them. When you're able to believe what they say, it's because you trust them, because you know their character, because you know... Um, you know, the essence of the person, amen? There are some people that we just know based upon our experiences with them and the years that we have dealt with them. We understand their character. We know there are just things that they are not going to do and things that, um, you know, they will do. And we could, you know, if someone comes to you and says, hey, you know, sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so did this, Based upon what you know of them, you can pretty much say yay or nay. We all have people like that in our lives. And if we were on the uh, Bible study line the other night, we heard people, you know, um, speaking about our pastor's character and the things and, and Prophetess Florence's character and the things that they have witnessed over the years. And that assures them, you know, and gives them confidence in who they are as women of God and who they are as, as, as people who can pray for you and, and really get a prayer through. Amen. Um, I'm going to need y'all to talk back to me today. Amen. So I know we mute ourselves. Hallelujah. But amen. Every now and again, just pop in. Um, I really, I really am thankful to the Lord because one thing I can say about God is that he changes not. Amen. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if there is anybody's character that we can rely on, it would be Jesus. Amen. Can everyone hear me? just want to make sure everyone can hear me. Thank Amen. you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. But today, hallelujah, we understand that in order to trust him, we have to know him. Amen. And in order to know him, you have to have a relationship with him. Amen. <laughs> and relationships are funny. You know, the more time you spend with a person, the more you know about the person. And you can spend years with someone and then be separated for years 
and get back together and and it seems as though time has never passed. Have you ever had a friend like that? You might, might have grown up with them when you were little and you guys were tough, hanging tough, right? And it seems as though, you know, life happened and maybe sometimes you were separated. But when you got back together, it was just as if nothing ever changed. You still, you're still the little girl or the teenager or the young woman that you were when you separated. You all are, even though you're maturing and you're growing, you still have an intimate relationship, right? It's, it's like you never lost time. Like I have a friend like that. Like we haven't seen each other in some time, but whenever we get together, we can talk and it's like we haven't missed a beat. We're just catching up, right? And I know that, you know, if I called on her, she would be available even though we don't talk every day. But what more of a relationship or knowing of God can we have that we are not separated by space? Amen. We can talk to him and commune with him at any moment, any time of the day. It's not a, uh, you know, it's not a long distance call. Hallelujah. Maybe for some it is. Hallelujah. But hallelujah. Nevertheless, the Lord can afford our collect call. They made me a little, and I saw him, like, call the Lord collect or something like that. Um, you know, call him up and tell him what you want. If he didn't, like, it's just, you know, some things we sing when we're little is so funny. But, you know, it, what they were trying to say was, you know what, some of us are a little distant, a little far off. And, but even in the distance and the far offness, the Lord can still meet you. Amen. So today what I want to talk about is called, I, I, I was speaking with Prophetess Florence. I had to call her because I was reading in Revelation, and I asked for the Sunday school, those who were in Sunday school, to read Revelation 21 to really look at what the kingdom of God looks like, right? Because we talked about God being love, that he is love. He doesn't have love. He is love. He is the very nature, the very essence of love, which is given and shared. Amen. And how do we know that? The word says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, gave you the very best that he had. He shares his kingdom with us. He gives us dominion and rulership. He said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. He even shared his image and his likeness with you. That is love, you know, and, the, and we talked about how love corrects, right, and how sometimes we can, we can hear a thing for so long and be taught a thing for so long that it becomes embedded in us, a part of our culture, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean that how we heard it or how it was taught was the right way. And one of the things we, uh, we uh, made an example of was the rod of correction, right? The Bible says to spare the rod and spoil the child. And for so long as a, in black community, in black culture, we think that means you got to whoop somebody, somebody getting the belt, right? You don't, <laughs> if you act in that, we're going to get you the belt. That's the rod. But the rod is really a representat representation of correction. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I need to whoop you to correct you. It just means that you need to be corrected so that you are not spoiled, so that you do not go bad. Amen. 
And the Bible says that the Lord chastens those that he loves. He corrects us. It doesn't mean that he necessarily whips us with the belt, even though today I said sometimes it feels like you get whipped with the belt. But he corrects you, right? Sometimes it's a gentle nudging. Sometimes it's like a little, hey, you know, I need you to turn around. Sometimes it's just a whisper. Sometimes he got to yell. Sometimes he do got to pop you. But the reality of the situation is, is that the rod of correction does not necessarily mean that I need to beat you. I gave an example of my daughter. I never had to whoop Nayel. I always just had to speak to her. If I raised my voice, it was like she just completely fell apart because she was a child that if she felt like she did something wrong, she was just falling to pieces. So correcting her was just that, correcting her. It didn't require me to use any type of physical punishment because she she wanted to do right. You know what I mean? So it was like, listen, don't do that again. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did it. Mommy, forgive me. You know, she's going on and on. And sometimes that's all it takes is a word of correction. So understanding that we can sometimes learn things that are not biblically correct. However, we take those things and begin to adapt belief systems after it. And one of the things I am so passionate about is the kingdom of God. I love the kingdom of God. I love the Lord. I love his government. I love his sovereignty. I love his rulership. I love that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I love that there is no authority above him. I just love the kingdom of God. It has blessed me, grown me up, matured me. It corrects me. Everything that we are seeking for is in the kingdom. So Jesus said, and preach this gospel, which is the kingdom of God. There are many gospels. You have the gospel of peace. You have the gospel of love. You have the gospel of prosperity. You have the gospel of grace. You have the gospel of mercy. You have all of these gospels, right? The good news of all of these things. But in the good news of the kingdom, all of those things are encompassed. Amen. So I want to talk to you today about what is your origin? Because Pastor has been speaking to us about believing what God has said. Amen. And again, and believing what God has said, you got to trust who's saying it. So we talked earlier about how in the book, I believe it was of Matthew, how Peter, how God was, Jesus was asking them, who do men say that I am? And many of the, the, the uh, apostles at the time and followers saying, well, some say you're, uh, you know, John the Baptist, and some say you're Elias, and some say you're Jeremiah, and some say, you know, all of these things, but they were keeping him grounded or in the box of man the natural of who people say I am. But Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answers him and says, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but the father, but my father who is in heaven, meaning he attributed 
his godness, his divinity to who he was. And it's so important because Peter, which we talked about earlier, is Petros, P-T-R-O-S. It is a small rock, right? But God was not building his church upon Peter because Peter is a man. And why would the Lord take a eternal kingdom and build it upon a fallible person, ministry, whether it's whoever? However, when he said on this rock, the Petra, P-E-T-R-A-S, which is in Greek a boulder, he was speaking upon the revelation that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, right? And when you know reputation, you understand that God already had a reputation with the people. He didn't deliver them. He didn't brought them out. He didn't save them. He didn't. He has done all of these things, right? And when you look at your life, he has done all of these things for you. So he already has a reputation, right? But this is the thing. Understanding who he is, it also makes you have to understand where you come from. So that you begin to operate from the place you originated from. Does that make sense? Amen. I'm not going to preach today. I'm just going to teach this really quickly, hopefully quickly. Amen. Because I I know it's Father's Day and I want the fathers to enjoy their day and be celebrated by their families. Let us turn to. Thank you, Jesus. Let us turn to Jeremiah 1 and 5. Amen. So an origin is the point or place where something begins. Right? A person's origin is viewed as or can be viewed as their heritage, their nationality, their lineage, or the country of birth of the person, the parent, or the ancestors. Now, when he said, when I read that and they said the country of birth, I said, well, Lord Jesus, because are we not born again? Nicodemus said, how can I enter into the kingdom? He said, you must be born again. Hallelujah, Jesus. So God said that we are now, because we're, what does the word say? We are not that old thing, right? But old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. We are new creatures in him. We are born again, right? So in being born again, there must have meant that we were originally born already. Amen? Let me tell you, I was reading uh, Revelation, and I had to call Prophetess Florence today. Because even though I've heard it multiple times, I never really saw it the way the Lord showed it to me. And I had to make sure that I was not tripping in my own self. In Revelation 21, it says, in 7, it says, He that overcometh um, shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. 
But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, when I read which is the second death, I said, well, Lord, what is the first death? Because, you know, we look at death as when we leave this physical body. But the reality is, is death is separation. So even when you leave this physical body, you're still living. Your spirit and your soul is still going on, right? So I said, Lord, do you mean to tell me that people are still stuck in the separation of Adam from Genesis? Jesus came to redeem us, right? Redeem means deems means means owned. Redeemed means owned again. Jesus came back to redeem us to our, our, our origin, to our country, right? But yet and still, do you know that if you do not receive him, you are still a part of the first death? And then you're going to be separated again. Now, this separation, at least Jesus came to give us an opportunity to be rejoined. Amen? But the second separation, you don't get no rejoining. So when that thing hit me, I said, God, listen, I don't want anything to separate me from God. Nothing. Not a thing. And if that means that I got to go back and relearn everything again, guess what? I'm going to go back and relearn everything again. Because when he started talking to me about origin and where we are from, when I look at what heaven is made of, right, I just want to poise this question. The walls of heaven are made of jasper. That is like a precious stone. It breaks smooth. Like it's, it's, it's a beautiful stone. I had to look these up online because I'm like, what is jasper? There are 12 foundations that are jasper, sapphire. One is emerald. One is a topaz. One is crystallite. One is amethyst. All of these beautiful gemstones are just foundations, right? The gates in heaven are pearls. Now, you know how much a real necklace of pearls costs? Like, and these are little tiny pearls that we have. His gates are pearls. Like, and then the streets, are made of pure gold. The streets are gold. We come from a place that is so excellent. It, you are not from here. We are here. But before the Bible says, and we're going to read, I want you to go with me to Jeremiah 1 and 5. Jeremiah 1 and 5. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. Now, the Lord was speaking to Jeremiah, but the Lord, before he, before we were formed in anybody's womb, he already knew us. Well, you say, how is that possible? Because he said, in the, he said, let us make man, the species man, in our image and in our likeness. And male and female made he them, right? So this is the thing. If we originated in a place of such beauty and excellence, why then do we feel that we have to accept what another culture puts on us? Because this culture of the world, this is not our culture. This is not our culture. We have been formed in sin and shaped in iniquity, meaning that we have taken on a culture that was never meant for us. So in order to really understand who you are and whose you are and the value you possess, you have to go back to your origin, to the root of you, and see where you come from, who you come from, and that is the God of heaven that made heaven and earth. You are so much more valuable than you understand. When the word says that he has hidden these treasures, hallelujah, Jesus, in earthen vessels, there are treasures in us. How is that possible? First of all, the fact that he created you in his image and in his likeness number one, should let you feel as though, make you feel as though, I am not putting up with anything that ain't God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because the reality is, is that if he made me in his image and in his likeness, how valuable am I if the streets is gold? Do you understand what I'm saying? I need somebody to, to, to talk back to me on this because maybe I, I'm just missing the point. But the mm-hmm. thing Amen. of Amen. the street Amen. that you Amen. walk right on, the street that you drive on, the street is paved with gold. Mm. But you were created in his image and in his likeness. And he placed destiny on the inside of you, purpose on the inside of you. Mm. He gave you dominion to rule in the gifting that he gave you. Once you learn who you are and can perfect the gift that God has given you, the gift is to be served to the world. All of this, all of this, all of this from a God that created you 
to rule in a seen earth from an invisible kingdom, but be made visible through you. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Isaiah 43 and 1 says that this is what the Lord says. He who created you, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Listen. The thing that I thought was amazing in this, that in some translations, it says, he who called, he says, this is what he has said to Jacob. But then it switches and says, he who formed you, O Israel. Jacob was a trickster. Mm. But Israel was in Jacob, the father of the nation. What your name was has nothing to do with what your name is. Do you understand that? Who you were before your transformation has nothing to do with who you are right now. Now, we might have to work through some things and and, and and get some old habits together and and do what we need to do. But you really need to understand that the transforming power of God is transformative. Grace and mercy is for you to be transformed. He gives you the grace to be transformed, to deal with the things that we need to deal with, whatever that is. But don't keep attributing who you were to who God originally called you to be because who you were was from a culture that is not even supposed to be attributed to you. Does that make sense? I grew up in a household without my father. Amen, amen. But that's not my culture. In my country, hallelujah, Jesus, we are not fatherless nor motherless because he is the blessed one. Hallelujah. He is everything that we need him to be. He is a nurturer. He is a comforter. He is a counselor. He is the the great I am. He says, I am that I am, right? Whatever you need him to be, he is. There is no, no lack. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In the kingdom of God, right? Some of us grew up in poverty. Some of us grew up without having enough. But guess what? That is not your culture. That's an experience that you had. But you don't have to keep the same impoverished mentality. Because now you are learning about your original origin, where you really come from. And their streets are made with gold. 
What impoverished country you know lives with streets of gold? What impoverished place do you know has gates of pearls? And I know somebody might be saying, well, we don't live up there. Well, that's not here now, but I'm trying to tell you that the kingdom of God can be manifested for you here and now in this time. You don't got to wait to get to heaven. When Jesus came, he did not stay. He said, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He said, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It is here with you right now. It is here with you right now. There was no there was no hunger in heaven. That's why he could feed 5,000. So we have to understand and understand our origin. Know where we come from. Know who God is has called us out to be. He is calling us by our name, the name he gave us. He said, I knew you already. What is your name in the kingdom? Are you still going by the name that the other kingdom gave you? Hallelujah. Or are you are you now embracing this this kingdom, this country, this government, this way of doing things. So it may seem unconventional, because I know the world is like, well, we're just going to, you know, and, and I said this to prophetess today, the world is like, well, they can do whatever they want to do as long as it's not hurting anybody else. It's not hurting nobody, but it's hurting you. So you don't want me to correct you in love because it's not hurting anybody outside of you, but it's hurting you because it's keeping you separated. Listen, we all can do better. I said this earlier. I am not exempt. I can do better. I can do better. I can look at some things right now and be like, Lord, I can do better. I can represent you better in that area. I know better. But the thing about it is we got to be honest with where we are and say, you know what, Lord? There are some things about this government, these teachings, these things, God, that I don't fully, I don't fully get. Can you, can you show me by example? how it is I need to be. Jesus is the ultimate example. He truly is. In a, in a kingdom, in a, in, a, in, a, in a world that would say, you know what? Do you. Isn't that what they all say now? Do you. I'm going to do me. You do you. <laughs> Don't worry about what nobody else thinks or says. Because it's all about you. And here's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
talking to the Father and saying, Lord, if it be thy will, please let this cup pass from me. And I believe he was saying that because the whole time he was walking here, right, he was with the Father, even in the natural. He's still with the Father. He ain't separated from him. But I believe he knew when he took on sin, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. It is separation. When he took on the sins of the world, he understood that he would be separated from God. That was too much. I'll take the cross, but I don't want to be separated from you. And for some of us, being honest, we would rather be separated than take the cross. But the cross is only for a moment. Separation is eternal. So, Lord, if I have to be a little uncomfortable in this space for for this moment until you deliver me, I know you'll give me the grace to get through it, but I'd rather have this moment and be delivered than be separated. Amen. Because I am trying to live out my original purpose. I'm trying to live from the original state that God placed us here in, not from the curse. Hallelujah. I want to live from a place of blessing. I want to experience this, this, this government that he spoke about, where there is justice. How many of you have seen God move on your behalf in the last year to perform justice for you? Mm-hmm. It might have been something that you prayed about forever. Mm-hmm. But when you begin to understand and, and really begin to click in your mind about what this kingdom is and this government, and you started seeing him a different way and understanding your authority, how many of you have seen God turn things in your favor? Yeah. That for some would seem impossible have seen him bless you when it would seem that it is a a, a place of desolation. We have been in a a pandemic this whole last 2020. People have been losing their jobs. People have been passing away. People have been, um, you know, uh, in a place where their finances are just a wreck and businesses closing and all of these different things. And you want to know something? The Lord. And it was nobody but him. My place of employment does not give out raises like that. They give out raises yearly since I have been there. Before I got there, they had not given out a raise in like 10 years to any of the employees. Or bonuses. But by you 
as a government official, a citizen of the kingdom of God, being in your place, do you understand that you are blessing those around you even though they don't know it? You don't have to be a citizen to get blessed by the kingdom. People that come to this country who are not citizens, do they still not reap the benefits of being in this country? Amen. It's like being in a pool or a poolside. I was telling Mr. Prophet this earlier. You might be sitting by the pool and every now and then some water splash up on you. You're like, ooh, that water is so cool, but you ain't fully submerged, but you still benefit from the cool water. Amen. <laughs> so we have to understand that who we are, who God has made us to be, we have to embrace that thing and leave behind the past. It's like, yeah, I was, I used to do drugs. Okay. For some of us, that was a thing. All right. But I'm not there anymore. <laughs> That's not who I am. That was based upon the culture that I was in and the circumstances and situations and coping skills that I needed at the time. But when God delivered me, he delivered me. So then why am I going to allow something or someone or circumstance or situation to keep me held in a place that God has told me, that ain't your name? That ain't even in our origin. That's not in your country. We don't do that. He will help us deal with it so that we can overcome it. Amen? Amen. He ain't going to leave you stuck. I don't believe that. That is not my God. He has never left me stuck. Ever. And I've been in some situations that I got myself in. Was not the devil. Was Yamiko doing the most thinking that I was grown enough to do it, not understanding the circumstances and, and not understanding the choices that I was making was going to give me some circumstances that I was not ready to handle. And even walking through it was like, Lord, how come this thing is so hard? Oh, God, help me. And the Lord was like, because you did it. But guess what? He helped me out of it because I sincerely desired to change. Some of us want God to help us, but we don't really want to change. We just don't want to feel the pressure. But the Lord is saying, listen, if you will allow me, may not be comfortable all the time, may not be idealistic all of the time, but if you will allow me to teach you, to help you, to show you the real you, and where you see the real you that I'm showing you doesn't align up with this you that you have created and the world and its circumstances have created around you, come out of agreement with that thing, with that person, because that's not you. I'm showing you you through the mirror of my word. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, a beautiful creation. 
So then why are you walking around looking dumpy? And I'm not saying you have to have a full beat on your face or you got to wear Gucci and Givenchy. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, if the streets in your country are paved with gold, do you think, what do you, what do you think the people there look like when we get there? We're going to have roles. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> do, you, do you really think the Lord going to put you in a raggedy robe? Hallelujah. No. So let's represent our kingdom in excellence. And the excellence is whatever your excellence is. Because everybody doesn't have the same thing. I am well aware of that. I am not talking about wearing your skirts to the floor. I am not talking about covering up your head. I'm not talking about this. You need eyelashes. You need nails. You need this. You need that. I'm not saying any of that. I'm not talking about you can't wear jeans or any of that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about representing your government. And for each person... It may be different in representation. But in your representation, whether it be natural, spiritual, whatever it is, all I'm saying is is let's do it in excellence. That's for all of us, even for me. Hallelujah. I am not exempt by any means. Lord's like, yeah, you you got a real cute dress on, but your attitude is nasty. That ain't representing me in excellence. Your heels is popping, but your your mouth is a mess. Your hair looks great, but you got unforgiveness in your heart. Your nails are fabulous. You got all the bling, latest styles, all of that. That's wonderful. But your mind still need to be transformed. So what I'm saying is, is let let us get back to our origin, to the place, the original intent of God concerning us. Amen. 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 I want to thank the Lord for just an opportunity to share today. Um, I just want to thank God for the opportunity to share the kingdom of God and to give his word. And I believe that somebody somewhere hearing this, I know Pastor said it was going to be on our podcast, and I'm just believing God that you're going to hear this word and you are going to understand that you have been given an awesome, awesome responsibility. Yes. And that understanding who he is helps you to understand who you are. And understanding your origin helps you to understand the true culture, the true belief system, the true norms, the true um, things that are important and what's not important. All those things are enveloped in culture, right? Mm-hmm. 
you know, yes. in black culture, you know, this is so funny, but, you know, in black culture, we don't eat everybody's potato salad. That's just, a, that's just a real thing. You always got at least one person in your family that makes a good potato salad. Everybody else may try, but you already know we ain't going to that potato salad. And most black families, that's a black cultural thing. You say, mm, you know, uh, Aunt Tina can't make potato salad, but Aunt Jenny, she can make some potato salad. Now we'll mm-hmm. eat her. Now, mm-hmm. even if Aunt, even if Aunt Tina bring the potato salad, nobody touches it. That's a cultural thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like we believe. And in, in, in it to be in your family culture, that there is only one way to do a certain thing, right? Now, someone else can make it, and it may taste even better because they, they took out something that wasn't good for you. And you're like, oh, but this is so good, and it's healthy? What? And that's all Jesus is trying to do. He's not saying everything is wrong, but the things that will harm you, he's trying to remove. So that laughter, the world laughs, we laugh. Laughter is wonderful. It's good for you. But there are some things that they think is funny, even that we think are funny, that are not funny. And the Lord don't laugh. It's vulgar. It's rude. You understand what I'm saying? So God is just trying to protect us. He's just trying to show you who you really are and the standard to which you are to live. Which is a, he got a high standard for us. You know why? Because we're so valuable. How about that? God's standard is so high because you are made in his image and his likeness. You are, you're valuable. (laughs) So stop settling for everything. Hallelujah. That's for me. Hallelujah, Jesus, in myself. Some things you be settling for, the Lord be like, now you know better than, now come on now. That ain't even, that's not even the least I can do. But don't you want God's best? And guess what? He wants to give it to you. He wants to give us his best. Didn't he give us his son? That was his best. He didn't give us some knockoff Jesus. He gave us the real thing. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. We didn't get no knockoff blood, no knockoff Savior. We got the real thing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So God wants to give us his best. Let's receive his best and let's give him our best back. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Let us pray out our benediction. Hallelujah. Lord, we just want to say thank you, Father. We want to thank you for the word of God. We want to thank you, Father, because we know, Father, that you have the very best for us, oh God. Lord, show us who we are in you, oh God. Show us that we are more than conquerors, oh God. 
Show us, Father, that we have an origin that is of greatness, O oh God. Not mediocrity, O oh God. Not a, a low level, O oh God. But you have made us great, Father. Thank you, God, because we are made in your image and in your likeness. That there is nothing that you cannot, will not do for us, oh God. Lord, we want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. you. Thank you, Father, for this Father's Day. Thank you for being a father, for being a friend for being a counselor, for being a healer, for being a deliverer, anything that we have needed you to be, oh God, you have been. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you and thank you again. Hallelujah. I want everybody to be blessed um, and have a beautiful day. I do have a song because I'm trying to stay in the native pastor. Hallelujah. Yes. I have this recording off. Okay. Okay.